0: You're listening to Ant's Talk. My next guest is on a mission to increase visibility of disability across the media, the fashion industry, and she is also an award-winning writer, author, and motivational speaker. She is the Disability Affairs Officer at Media Diversity Australia. Welcome to the show, Lisa Cox. How are you, Lisa? I'm
1: really great, thanks, Anne. Thanks ah, so much for on.
0: My pleasure. Thank you for coming on. Now, at 24, <laughs> you had a brain hemorrhage similar to a stroke which was caused yeah. by Streptococcus A infection. Tell us about that's that. Correct. Did I say it correctly? <laughs> that's,
1: that's correct. There's There's been a lot of words that I've had to learn over the years. Um, yeah, no medical background, and they're certainly <laughs> mouthful for me. So to, to backtrack to 2005, I was 24. I'd moved to Melbourne after, after my degrees at uni, working in advertising loving life, doing what most 24-year-olds do. And um, at the airport one morning, I was playing home to see my family and I have no recollection of it, but I apparently collapsed because i had a stroke and then later found out it was caused by the streptococcus a infection, wow. which is, from what I'm told, um, something you can maybe pick up at the supermarket or something like that, so... To this day, they don't know how I how I got that. And one of the specialists, to quote him, said it's just bloody bad luck. Mm. But um, yeah. So that was a an interesting time. So I spent three weeks in a coma, two months on life support, and over a year in hospital for the first time. And I've been back plenty of times since.
0: Sorry, that that's the,
1: the first part. Yeah.
0: Oh, what a life changing event! Just purely from an infection that you can it's, get from a supermarket. Oh my god, just,
1: just, yeah, can't um, really fathom how the hell it happened to me <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because I am a fit, healthy 24 year old and um, doing all the right things, eating my green vegetables, going to the gym. Um, so, most people hear, you know, of someone who's had a stroke and they think a smoker or someone mm. who's very overweight or older. And I ticked none of those boxes by some, um, yeah, that's how it happened to me. So during that first year in hospital, um, my left leg, all of my right toes and nine of my fingertips were amputated. Wow. Off. Um,
0: and was that and due I to had, the infection?
1: That was the... Uh, how would I explain it? So all of my organs shut down in hospital. So every single one, my liver, kidneys, heart, everything was all being operated by machines for for two months and it was just me in bed and there was my kidney machine over in one corner and my lungs over in another corner. And, Mm. um, yeah, that that was an interesting time. Again, can't remember it, but my family were there. But because all of my organs had shut down, they had to put me on some really great but horrible medication that brought all the um, the blood back to my vital organs, and it meant that um, blood flow blood flow to my extremities, like my fingers and toes and even my nose, um, was gone. So all right. of them turned black. Um, and unfortunately, I had to be chopped off. But I got to give my nose, luckily. And um, it's it's also meant that I've had some deterioration in, in certain joints and, mm. and things. I had my first hip replacement when I was 27 um, and had yeah two heart surgeries as well, so I'm got a few, few scars and, and things like that.
0: I'm, I'm pretty proud of these yeah. days. But oh, well, I see. It's something, something like a Wonder Woman to go through it all. My God. That was actually uh, one okay. of my next questions because um, you actually endured very serious surgeries, at, like a number of them, and yeah. you know, you've gotten through the other side. It's, I mean, if anything, you've got to see yourself also as quite special because a lot of humans wouldn't deal with what you've, put, you've gone through.
1: Um I don't see myself as, as special at all. It's just if if you told put it this way, if you told me 16 years ago this is going to happen to you, you're going to lose a leg, end up in a wheelchair, lose your eyesight, all those sorts of things. I wouldn't have thought that I'd I'd get through it. There's absolutely mm. no way I could have comprehended something like that happening. But looking back on it now and, and even today it's not something that just happened and it's all over it's still it's still happening today but yeah and and this is true for a lot of disabled people we, we're just living life we've got some different challenges to mm. people but we're just getting on with life doing grocery shopping and taking the kids to school or whatever it is um, in their particular situation but we're we're not necessarily necessarily special in any way, it's just living life with the the cards um, you've been dealt, so to speak.
0: I do think it shows an incredible amount of strength, though. <laughs> oh, thank you. No, I can't, <laughs> it really does.
1: I take all the credit. I had some some very strong family around in my immediate family, mum, dad, my sister and brother, um, have just been by my side the entire way. So I have I have staying apart from yeah. some amazing medical professionals who yeah literally saved my life.
0: My mum only passed in December and um, just before that uh, about two years ago she actually went through an amputation herself Um, and I must say that I noticed a huge I mean she was a lot older she was in her 70s so it was extremely challenging for her, um, yeah. and I mean, at the beginning, you know, you could really see a decline in her mental health, etc. But yeah, you know, within a, I would say about a year, you saw a huge change, a turnaround in that, and where she really started to strive again to change her life. And unfortunately, you know, she had other medical issues, so unfortunately yeah. it passed. But it was great to see that switch happen inside of her. You could really yeah. notice a difference. Um, yeah. When did you realize things had changed dramatically for you uh,
1: i I'm still still realizing to this yeah. day that we think i I realized that I, oh I can't do that or or I can do that, but I have to do it differently yeah. but um I was it wasn't like I came out of the corner and went, "Hey, I'm awake, here we go yeah. Um there were, there were months, weeks and months after that that I have no recollection of whatsoever. Even the weeks before the stroke happened, I've, I've got amnesia. So
0: okay.
1: no recollection of where I was living, working, even the, the guys I was dating in.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's so bad, which is probably... Sorry, boys. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's, um. It's, my first my first reflection of I suppose from a, a, a brain perspective it's when my my brain was retaining memories because mm. um, I was awake and, and conscious but I just wasn't remembering anything so my first memory was several months after life support and the coma and everything and by that stage I'd been um, flown interstate, been to a couple of hospitals and infectious disease wards and all all around the shop, but I'd I'd come back to this one ward um, in Brisbane, which is my hometown where my family are. And um, that's when I I started realising that shit had really hit the fan. Um, mm-hmm. And my family were, were really careful to sort of Tentatively drip feeding information because it's it's a lot to take on oh, all yeah. at once and say this and this and this happened. But I mean, I'm am still learning to this day. I'll be having a conversation with Mum and she'll say, "Oh, that's right. When you're in hospital, this happened or that happened." And um, yeah, so over over the next uh, few days and weeks, I suppose I yeah learned what was happening. Mm. Um, and being a, a curious i was a curious always been a curious kid, but curious adults as well why, why tell me more. why why so yeah um i was I was always asking questions about everything, but then it wasn't as if um I got all the information all at once, and that was it. Um, months later, I found out things were going to happen. Um, a month after that, I found out more things were going to happen and even even today, I, you know, I might find out a month earlier that there's, there's surgery or, or something like that. Mm. But um, I know the first time my family told me that my leg was going to be amputated, my left leg was me, I just cried my eyes out and was really, really upset. But the next morning, I woke up, didn't remember a thing, couldn't recall that anyone had told me that news. So... My family decided, let's not tell her every day and make yeah. it, like, right one day. And they waited until my, my brain was a little a little bit better, I suppose.
0: Good idea, I think, yeah. yeah. It would be, I mean, it would be very, uh, like, I, can't, I mean, I can't even imagine. And it was enough, it was hard enough for me to experience it through my mother, but her own experience would have been a million times worse. Originally with her, it was through diabetes, so it was very similar where the blood flow stops and the, the toes, expires, yeah. et cetera, start to go black. And originally yeah. she was going to be taking off her big toe, which they did do. Um, and we thought that was gonna be the end of it. But then of course, a year and a half of other ups and downs and turmoils and, and everything else that she experienced. Um, what do you think the most misconceptions are about people with disabilities?
1: Oh, God, where do I start?
0: <laughs> I know. That's why I asked. <laughs> I know you will be able to answer this.
1: <laughs> um, and I, I suppose, gosh, I do write about this and, and speak about yeah. these sorts of things, whether it's, um, you know, when people find out that I'm married or something like that, I'll, I'll just be, oh, wow, that's amazing. And I suppose the way the way I speak about Uh, the way I speak about it in my advocacy is I have a before and after story so I can compare and contrast Mm. life before and life after. So my boyfriends and and partners in the past, no one said boo, no one raised an eyebrow, no one went, oh, that's, that's amazing, congratulations. But it's this overwhelming surprise and shock that anyone with a disability or me would would possibly be be married? How could yeah. that happen? And that comes back to the bigger issue that we just we have lower expectations generally of people mm. with disability. Um, we don't expect them to be working, for example. I tell people I work, and that that shock and surprise never used to happen pre-disability. So mm. I've said before that. Before my disability, people would say, "Where do you work? Um, what do you do? Where do you work?" Nowadays, it's changed to simply, "Do you work?"
0: Yeah. It's this
1: expectation that you're not leading a fulfilling life and getting married, going on dates, having sex, doing, mm. <laughs> doing all the things quite quite normal people do. Um, and everybody's story is different. I don't want oh, to speak of course. Yeah. People. nothing does me more bonkers than when, when people do that but it's this lowering of expectations generally mm. um and at the moment with covid i know i've i've written about this a piece for more um everyone's avoiding everyone and socially distancing and taking a step sideways to keep their 1.5 meters away but in in a way that's that's what I've been experiencing for the last 15 years. People see someone who's physically disabled in a wheelchair and the whether it's conscious or subconscious, um, that assumption is sick. They're mm, sick. Mm. They're disabled, they're sick. And that stems back to this preconditioned um, view we have a disability through popular culture where the only times we we'll ever see it portrayed in the media and in other forms of popular culture are when the disabled person or the person in the wheelchair, unless they're Paralympics, um, they are in hospital, they are sick um, or they are some have you heard the word inspiration porn? Yes. Yeah, cool. Okay. okay. I get some some strange, strange looks when I say that and they don't know what I'm talking about. Um, unless it is maybe some inspiration porn or, or something like that as well.
0: It's funny, you know... I mean, we have Paralympians that are quite well known and quite famous in Australia. Yeah, um, and and you know exactly, and they're being interviewed on Sunrise, and everyone adores them and loves them. But then, when a person's at a supermarket, they almost step away in fear of someone in a wheelchair, and that's what I don't get.
1: Yeah, I I don't get it either. But I'll, I I don't get it, but at the same time, I do get it. I yeah, and I I wrote an Instagram post a little while ago and said that. I try not to get angry at the people when they do that or, uh, you know, I do get a little bit offended sometimes, but I try not to get get on my set box and have an angry angry rant and start lecturing Mm. them about ableism because I know that sometimes it may be subconscious and um, almost a a programming that they've had from decades of exposure. To, to media that really didn't represent disability in the right way. So as, as much as I would I would like to get angry at them, I I am aware that it's not the way it's their fault. It's just mm. this um, inbuilt preconception as wrong as it is.
0: Yeah. What do you think the government could be doing differently?
1: Uh, same answer as my last one.
0: <laughs> Where do I start? <laughs>
1: yeah. uh, the, the government can can certainly be be doing a lot um, mm. around things uh, with with healthcare. The NDIS has been an incredible initiative by the government, and I've been really um proud to be a part of that back in the early days um, when when Julia Gillard was was running the show, went down to Canberra to Parliament House and um, helping helping it all get started I suppose. Mm. Um, but that's that's been a big game changer for a lot of disabled people. I've heard pros and cons. So,
0: yeah, so have everyone, <laughs> on,
1: yeah, everyone have their own story about that. Um, that's that's certainly been been a massive help, but um, because I'm not in government or healthcare or politics or anything like that, I've focused more on things that I I do have um, more experience in and control over. So, as you mentioned in the intro, things like fashion and media and mm. all of those things that are my second second language, I suppose. Um, and my hope is that there would be a triple down effect. So if we can change the way the media, for example, represents disability and help to, to normalise those sorts of things a little bit more, mm. then it would just be stock standard and, and no big deal for government to have to change their ways around be it transport or accessibility. And um, I, I know they made a few changes several years ago around, around accessibility and just building and sort of building standards and things like that, that mm. um, certain things need to need to change for yeah. for access to buildings. But a really big part of all of that, it's great for a heap of, of white ball to sit in a room in suits and talk about what needs to happen and what needs to change. But I would encourage any any government or any business body to have disabled people as part of that conversation.
0: Of course. Um, I know
1: yeah. Queensland Health are doing that really well at the moment. I'm working on some some projects with them where they will actually get people with that lived experience, be it cultural diversity or disability or, or something else into the room because you can't have conversations about disabled people or diverse of us cultures without mm. including them in the conversation.
0: Yeah, definitely.
1: Make sure you subscribe to Ants Talk.
0: Um also I was uh, going to say going back to that same question with the public, what more could they be doing?
1: I'm I'm going to say ask, but I know that there'll be some people disability obvious, I'm who are like, no, don't ask. <laughs> um there are people like me who are happy to do chat all day long. Happy to, to answer questions from from anyone, but mm-hmm. there are other people who who don't want to talk about it. So again, I, I certainly can't can't speak for everyone. But be read, curious. I'm good with it. Read
0: read the room. That might be a good one. Read, read the room. Read the room <laughs> uh, <laughs>
1: follow follow disabled content creators. Follow their work. Yeah. Their story. Um, I know with the Black Lives Matter movement recently there's been a lot out there about um, educate yourself, read mm. read what um, people of colour have to say and the same, very, very different, but the same principle, I suppose, apply to disability. Um, don't assume you know everything by what you saw on 60 Minutes on Sunday night. Yeah. or by what one very very narrow um, perspective is, is telling you. Speak speak to as many people as you can and always remember that no two disabilities are alike. No two Indian women or Asian men or Brits mm. or <laughs> they're not alike and neither of the disabled people. have had had a number of people say to me, oh, I sort of implying they know everything about it Oh, I had a disabled cousin's neighbours, friend, so I know
0: everything <laughs> about disability. Yeah, yeah.
1: like, no, you don't. I'm I'm really different from that last guy in the wheelchair.
0: Yeah. Or
1: that last deputy. But um and treat us just as you would, would treat anybody. There's we we don't need to be wrapped in cotton wool and spoken to like we're toddlers.
0: Yeah. yeah. Um,
1: I've lost some of my eyesight, my leg, not...
0: Your humour, your... I'm my, not my sense yeah. of humour.
1: <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah, speak to me. I you'd speak to anyone else.
0: Yeah, to be no, that's a good one. Now, you've just spoken about the changes you'd like to see happen in the media. What about the changes in fashion? Well,
1: I... I wrote to a journalist about this yesterday and said there are two ways we can look at it. Up. One is inclusive fashion, mm. and it's fashion that can be worn by people with all sorts of abilities. So, um, I'm working with brands like Christina Stevens at the moment who, who put together a really great range of, of clothes that aren't just functional but are also fashionable because, unfortunately, a lot of the clothes out there that are, are suitable for for someone like me or other people with disabilities to wear, um, even people who have restricted movement from arthritis or dexterity problems, yeah. it's just not fashionable. And, um, yeah, it looks like something a, a 90-year-old would wear. <laughs> There's this assumption that once you're disabled, uh, you don't give a shit about what you look like. And, yeah, yeah I'm, not a, I'm not a beauty blogger or a fashion blogger. And I'm, I'm sitting here in gym gear. <laughs> <But>
0: <laughs> we both I have, are.
1: <laughs> I have events to go to and yeah. people to see and date nights with my husband and all those sorts of things. Um I wouldn't harp on about this if it was just me and one or two other people in the world. Mm. But it's roughly 20% of the population. So it's not just human rights thing. It's not just about um, social justice. but It's just really bloody smart business to value disability dollars. My own
0: head's just been ticking over thinking what I could create. What
1: can I do? What's my next venture? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Look at us as, as valuable consumers. Yeah. Um, the other part to that, apart from the, the fashion itself changing or, or just being adaptive, doesn't have to be uh, really ghastly, disability specific, mm. special clothing. Um, it, it can just be as simple as, as changing buttons for magnets. Yeah. So I can't do buttons anymore because my, my fingertips are missing, and there are women with us, writers who perhaps can't do the same thing. Mm. Um, or other other challenges.
0: Those snap buttons, like we used to have those track pants back in the eighties. Yeah. <laughs> bring them back, I say. Bring them back. Yeah, exactly.
1: So they're just tiny little tweaks yeah. that can be that the the average person that you would you wouldn't know it's inclusive clothing or um, made for everyone. So my sister is roughly my build roughly without Mm. the missing leg and the wheelchair and everything else So, i always say that we'd like to be able to go to the same store pick up the same clothes and both be able to dress independently because there's an awful amount of freedom and independence that comes with just being able to put your own clothes on um and not always need someone else to help with that but as i was saying before the two ways to look at it. One is the the clothing itself and changing that. And the second way, which um, I love raving about, ranting and raving about, is the marketing and media behind behind the brand. So mm. even if the clothes aren't inclusive, um, if they're not adapted for disability and those sorts of things, absolutely no reason why there can't be a um, a disabled model or a disabled photographer yeah. or something like that as part of the campaign. Um, it's
0: actually beautiful to see. I mean, that has been starting to happen in a very small way in the last year small. or two um, with, you know, sort of, uh, I think it was Best and Less. I think they did a whole campaign featuring disabled children, which was just amazing. Yeah. Um, Target
1: came out and really good for that. Um, Jockey is an Australian brand um, who have previously contacted me about a collaboration. And like I, I always do, I, I scroll through their feed to make sure that they're doing it consistently. It's yeah. not just a one-off tokenistic, well, stick a disabled model in and mm. the box for the year, tick the diversity box, but it's something they continue to do consistently, which I, which I really like. So it's yeah, so good. Um, there are one or two brands. Unfortunately, a lot of them are in the US and the UK. Australia is a little bit, a lot bit, <laughs> um, unfortunately, behind with representation at the moment. And coming back to my, my point before, it's not just a socially responsible thing to do. It's bloody good business and
0: yeah.
1: actually profitable. So... Neither of my degrees are in economics or finance, but I'm not near to get. I know that 20% market share is a pretty big one to ignore. So, um, yeah, I'm more than happy to have a chat with brands who who want to explore how to do diversity and yeah. inclusion better.
0: That's brilliant. Now, a friend here, Quentin, campaigned for an all-inclusive uh, playground before he's passing. Do you think mm-hmm. all of these are needed? For sure. Yeah, for sure.
1: And not only do disabled children want to to see to um what's the word, sorry? Not only do do they want to be able to, to use the playground just like everybody else, but it's also beneficial for the non disabled children. And they see that, hey, they just like everybody else. That that kid loves the spring like I do, he does it differently, yeah. or she does it differently, but um, so I grew up without a disability myself, but I grew up around disabled children. Mm. The school I went to and and things like that. So by the time I got to my teens and got through school, I didn't even bat an eyelid to see someone in a wheelchair or or anything like that. It was just a part of my my normal existence because I saw it so frequently. Yeah, but still to this day, I'll pass kids in the, in the shopping centre or something like that Now they'll freak out and either point or say, st- I, mean, yeah, yeah. I don't care, but um, it's it's a shame that it, it can't be normalised in their world because they're little kids at the moment and that's, that's pretty harmless. Mm. But in 30 years' time they're going to be CEOs who or business people who have to hire potentially disabled staff
0: or, have or who, to yeah, who could be campaign part of the change.
1: Like exactly,
0: mm. yeah. Yeah, definitely. Now, um Lisa, before we go, where can people find out more about you?
1: Well, you can go to my website, lisacox.co, L-I-S-A-C-O-X.co, or my Instagram handle, which is exactly the same as that. LisaCogs.co. So I don't spend as much time on all the other platforms. But Instagram is, is the one don't worry, do. not worry, your
0: Instagram and your Facebook are fabulous. So you spend enough time <laughs> on that. That's all you need to do. <laughs> I'll just, just stick with the one. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Well, Lisa, thank you so much for your time and coming onto the show and sharing your story. I really appreciate it.
1: Really great to speak
0: with you. My pleasure. And I'll talk soon.
1: Okay, bye. Bye. It's like Oprah, but not.